from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict episode 348. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. You almost didn't get through that. That oh, was close. I was doing it. I committed. Oh, you were doing it. Yeah, you were doing it, but the laughter was coming through. I was starting to laugh. I had like several seconds to come up Going with for a new energy ass. today. I, yeah. I figured. What smart alecky thing I was going to say. Yeah. As you approach episode 350 of your show, it's about time to mm-hmm. find a new energy. God, 350. We, we don't need a new. What are you talking about? A new energy. We're always happy and energetic. New energy, Mike. That's what they'll call me. Like, this is one of the highlights of my week. I was actually reading. I forget. I'll have to go back and see where I read this, but it was some other podcaster I listened to or someone was, um, you know, talking about recording the podcast. And they s- said, no matter, I think it was one of the, the baseball podcasts that I mentioned earlier, said, no matter how bad a week I'm having, you know, no matter what kind of mood I'm in, whenever I hit record to go mm-hmm. talk to my friend about the podcast thing, it changes everything. It fixes everything. Always. It really does. It always. it always does. And we've talked about that before, how I'll go into a podcast just kind of down because I've been, you know, whatever reason, you know, reason X. And then we'll get to talking. And by the end, like everything has changed. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm lucky to be able to do this with you, Mike. I feel exactly the same. My, my longest partner. Yes, yes. And hey, we're lucky to have the listeners that we have that want to help us do cool stuff mm-hmm. like travel pretty much around the world these yep. days to do fun things and bring in the show. So before uh, what's, we get what's to that, actually, before we get to that, I just wanted to know on episode 350, it's in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not planning anything special for that um, <laughs> because we have our big special episode a few weeks later, right? Like we'll yeah. be in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. obviously we will mark it and I'm sure we'll say some things with misty eyes, but we're not mm-hmm. planning any big extravagances. Unfortunately, as yeah. you know, we were, we were lucky enough that we were able to match up for the first couple of years in Atlanta mm-hmm. to do our big episodes there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the calendar got the better of us, and now we're multiple <laughs> weeks off. So the only way yep. we could do it is by taking a big break every year, which we're not, which we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we just I think last year was our first legit break, uh, like on purpose. Maybe second one, like around, around yeah. the Christmas holiday. Yeah, we do that. I mean, that's maybe we'll, we'll give us a, a week around the holidays, but it's not enough. We need to knock multiple weeks now, right? Because we've kind of gotten ahead of ourselves. But yes, yeah, so the Kickstarter campaign, uh, we did fund. We funded, um, I think, on Thursday, which is incredible. So thank you so much to everyone so far who has contributed to the campaign. Uh, we've crossed 500 backers, um, yeah. and we're sitting at $26,500, which between... Me, Brad, and the rest of you is amazing because we needed 25 to afford all of this this year. So <laughs> thank you so much for helping us do that because San Francisco is super expensive. Um, yeah. So that's great. I mean, we set an expensive bar last year going to New York and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like that was extremely <laughs> expensive. Mm-hmm. So I was going, man, I hope we I hope we get there to this time because it. Like it costs a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I'm super. We spend super a lot happy. on flights and hotels. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm wondering what records, if any, we will break this year. Um, it's so tracking. It is. So last year was the most money we'd ever raised, which is thirty thousand nine hundred and eighty-four dollars. And the year before, twenty seventeen, was seven hundred and twenty backers was our most uh, our most backed project. So we're about two hundred and twenty 
something backers away uh, and about $4,000 away from either of those being broken. Um, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty confident that we will maybe make this the most funded campaign uh, of all time. Um, yeah, but and it would be incredible if we could have the most backed as well. We'll see. I know why that twenty seven that twenty seventeen campaign was the first time we did a stretch goal, and mm-hmm. stretch goals work. You put stretch yeah. goals in, you'll get more people. That I don't know why that's like what it is about that psychology. I think it's part of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it pushes some people over the edge because they feel like they get to be a part of something extra. I don't know what it is. Um, but we're not going to do any stretch goals this year. Uh, that was a special case. Well, we've built them in. We've built them in now. Yes, we kind of have. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's kind of San Francisco was the stretch goal, even though it was part of it. But, but yeah, like, but yeah. we've built in that. We've shown that it's a consistent backer group that we can say, hey, this is the second thing we're going to do because mm-hmm. we know we're going to hit our goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so that one was like that Chicago one was just an extra one, right? Because it was yep. like I was already going to be there. So they that were, totally so the came after the out. fact. Yeah. And they were yep. like, oh, hey, do this. Where, like, you know, we don't really have plans for stretch goals in the future because we have lots of other places we want to go to. We'll just make them the part of the next year's campaign. You know, like, right. we, we don't, we have no end in sight for either of the projects of the show or these Kickstarter campaigns because people seem to be really excited about them. And, we're very fortunate that people want to support it and we do our best to give the best um, rewards that we can. So again, there will be links in the show notes uh, to, to support the campaign if you want to. Um, and we're just going to, we'll keep updating you as we go. Uh, Brad, do you have any updates that you wanted to share? Yeah. Two quick things on the case. One is getting prototype pictures. We're still waiting. They got the fabric in last week. So now we just need, engineering team to make it i've asked them friday and asked them again yesterday and i keep saying i'm checking i'm checking i'm checking and i don't have an answer yet i would love to have at least pictures this week i don't know that it's going to happen but i'm on them so if the fabric's there it's not going to be long so that's the other thing the other thing is like the size we got a bunch of questions right after the campaign launched about the a5ness of it and this is a larger capacity pouch than an exact A5 measurement. So like the interior of the case that we made it off of could fit like two Leutsch term A5 notebooks. Like it has more room. It's a case, not a sleeve, right? Like yeah. a sleeve, you would just be putting one notebook in and you're done. But this is yeah. formatted to fit those notebook sizes along with the mm-hmm. accoutrement that you would want for a daily kit basically yeah that's why i'm calling it a pouch as opposed to like a case where a case i would feel would like seal it up Mm -hmm. like nice and tightly the only question i have is the interior pocket the interior a5 pocket will it fit something as wide as the hippo noto so like the hippo noto fits in the center of the case and there's a ton of extra room but when you restrict it to the pocket size will that thickness like keep it uh, from scooching down far enough to zip it up nice and neat. So that's the only question I have outlined because it'll it'll fit other... I, I just want to like clarify what you're saying here because mm-hmm. if people aren't looking at the, the images, it might be a bit confusing. So yeah. you could fit the Hippo Noto 
in kind of the middle of the case, but each Easily. walls of the case have pockets on them, and one of them yep. has one like an A5 sleeve where you could put like you could probably put like a nice thin notebook in there really easily, and then you could yep. put the larger notebook in the middle. But it's like mm-hmm. can the sleeve like the kind of the pouch that sits on the side of the wall of the inside could you fit a thick notebook in there? That's what we need to yep. to work out, and that requires the prototype, which is uh, in production, is my understanding, right? Yep. Yep. So like it fits like your standard, like a Rodeo Webby, like mm-hmm. that A5, you know, 100 and X amount of page, 140, 190 page, your standard mm-hmm. A5 is going to fit in that side pocket. No I problem. I was going to say, like we've had some amazing rewards in the past, mm-hmm. but I think this one's a real sleeper hit. Well, yeah. I'm really excited about this. And let me just tell y'all, you will, I know, I don't normally pimp these this hard, but if you're even interested in this case at all it's not going to be anywhere near the price that you can get it for right now this Mm -hmm. is an expensive case and this is why we didn't do a more expensive like add-on like we did with the enamel pins last year like we're just doing like a sticker sheet because we have a greater expense on this case so you know that's just something to keep in mind like we wanted to keep me and mike had a long discussion about wanting to keep the top tier pricing at $50 mm-hmm. and do what we can to not raise that price because that just feels right for all the things mm-hmm. right but i also want to make this case <laughs> so we're going <laughs> to we're we're going to eat some of that you know some of that case money in the actual making of it and so we had to kind of rein it back in other areas to hit all the budget parts so like this is going to be a 45 50 minimum case when we're done with this project um just because of the the material cost like so if you want to buy it from knock after the campaign is over basically right yeah 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 yeah. because i anticipate just like last year's Tallulah was such a hit it will end up being a standard product for knock that's kind of why we test these out Mm -hmm. here you know like this is a good thing and you know if it's popular but we don't see like a future for it maybe we don't continue it on so it's a good um you know it's a good it's a good test bed for that product but we always release these products knowing that we're probably going to continue on with them because we seem pretty happy with them in the first place to make them yep obviously don't forget uh there's videos available uh you can back video only you can get videos of the shows in the big packages this is the first time we're going to do two regular episodes of the pen addict in front of audiences uh one in atlanta about atlanta one in san francisco about san francisco we'll have interviews and those episodes you know they will go out as the audio episodes for those weeks as normal but then not too long after each of them there'll be a video version as well so we're really really excited about it i think you're going to love it you can go to our show notes at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 348 and find the links but the link should be in your podcast app or just go to kickstarter and search for the pen addict and you'll find it there so thank you to everybody who has backed the campaign so far and uh if you're just sitting and waiting you know come on back us we'll really appreciate it and we'll make it worth your while <laughs> it's fun man it's it's coming up soon i can't yep. believe february is almost over with yep. like this I mean, we've talked about it for years. Like this is the weirdest one because we've let we left it so late. Mm -hmm. We're basically when the campaign ends, we'll be packing. So yeah, that's that's, that makes it more exciting for me. Yeah, so we're gonna we won't do that. We won't do that again next year. That that was on me this year. You were busy, busy boy. That's how things 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 scheduled out. Mm -hmm. Follow up. 
Launcher Dream Pen. I've gotten to use it over the past week. I really enjoy this pen. I do have a question about the finish. So I posted up a picture on Instagram. And what I'm trying to determine is if I'm overthinking it. So I'm going to take it to Baltimore this weekend and have some people, you know, judge the finish who know Arushi more than me. It's really, really good. I have a question about the ring around the cap that I'm seeing. So I don't know. Like, I love the pen. It's like a really good pen. I got what I expected for the money. And like we talked about last week, I don't think I would spend $500 on this pen. Like, I'm super content with the $350 that I spent, and I got a really good product. And like I'm seeing some of the comments in, in the image that I post, like, yeah, I like I didn't want to spend the money for the Nakaya, and I'm really happy with what I got. It's beautiful. It feels great. Looks great. Writes great. I want to ask more people about this cap because if you look at the picture, I don't know if you, it's really hard to see too in the picture, but I think you can see it. So I don't, I don't know what you think about that and you know, what your thoughts would be. Would you even, would you even notice that? Like, am I being like super picky? I think I would. So if you look at the the picture, if you can't, I'll describe it to you. So again, as a reminder, Brad's pen is red Arushi, uh, but Mm. the, 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 the kind of the, what would you call like the screw part? What is that called? Where you screw the cap on? It's like the, it's the cap edge, the cap edge. Yeah. So where the, you know, it's got like the, the grooves so you can, um, you can, you can screw on the cap. Mm-hmm. Where that kind of connects with the body of the pen, so just at the top of the grip section, the red doesn't extend the whole way. It's like a very, very fine line of black, like very, mm-hmm. very fine. But it looks mm-hmm. like it's kind of just not been applied all the way to the very, very bottom. It's like they kind mm-hmm. of painted it down and didn't didn't finish it i mm-hmm. would notice it and it would annoy me i also really don't like the black part of the section anyway um mm-hmm. that that makes it look a little cheapy to me in a way i can't mm-hmm. quite describe um mm-hmm. I, I don't that's just something about that that i don't like i would want it to to match in color um mm-hmm. and maybe in finish to to the rest and i understand that it's like with arushi it's like super difficult to, to make that work but like i look at the the pen that Jonathan Brooks made for us and it mm-hmm. you know the in that line what is the name of it when the screw part is driving me crazy now what do you call the groove the section the section the threads no where are you act what the you threads t- thank you so in the threads <laughs> like so in ours they're like it's gotten black over time because of the wear but you can see it's made of the same material because there's a color match that goes into it, right? So like it flows all the right. way through. And in the dream pen, it's black. It you can t- it's probably ebonite, but it just looks like a piece of black plastic to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't like that. I think that that cheapens the look of the pen in my opinion because mm-hmm. Nakaya's not like this either, right? Like it looks like it's kind of the whole thing is made of the same material. Um, and I know that isn't necessarily what you're complaining about, but I think no, that those yeah, two things go together. Well, see, that, yeah, that's a known going into it. Like, you know what you're getting going into it. And that's yeah. also why the price is what it is. Mm-hmm. So live um, live feedback from our good friend, Penucopia, you know who that is, says, looks fairly normal to me for a solid Arushi pen. Tamanuri finishes with an undercoat have the edges slightly worn down to show the underlayer. Maybe that's the difference you're noting, noticing. And that's kind of what I alluded to in the mm-hmm. comment. Most of my other Arushi pens have an undercoating, right? So you see color number two in that area. So maybe this is just 
a normal thing for a solid Arushi color, mm-hmm. which I only have one that's solid and it's a dark pen, so you can't really see it. This is an ultra bright pen, so you can see it. And honestly, I think with more wear, it'll look better. Like that's one of the features of Arushi is it does change over time. So um, it looks like maybe this is just a normal thing, you know, and I just don't have a pen, an Arushi pen with this brightness that I've ever been able to see this with because I'll either have a second color there where it's peeking through or something like that. So, yeah, maybe it's just normal. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, 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 I think I have, personally, I have more of a problem with just like the, the big black section in the middle. Uh, yeah. That's not that's yeah. not for me. Yeah, I understand that, but like that's something you knew getting into it. Like mm-hmm. I chose to purchase the pen knowing that's what I would receive. Yeah, because so, yeah. they showed you that. Yeah. yeah, so maybe it's just the brightness of the pen, and that's just I, it catches my eye, and so I'm trying to figure it out. And you know, I don't have a ton of experience with that type of finishing material, but overall, big picture, I like the pen. Um, I just like it for three fifty, not five hundred. <laughs> five hundred, I'm going elsewhere. So that that's uh, that has not changed my mind. So there you go. Bung and Box uh, teased me <laughs> over the weekend um, from the Bung Box account. Uh, they posted this incredible looking pro gear with like green pinstripe body and white section and i was like all right here we go it's a government <laughs> again i'm gonna buy one but it turns out this was more like a throwback thursday thing this was actually a pen that they made like seven years ago or something yeah <laughs> but in the translation uh the the, the person posting the account i think is kind of teasing that they want to maybe try and do something like this again in the future um but i mainly wanted to include this because this pen is amazing. Yeah. So, speaking of Penucopia, he sent us this link in a mm-hmm. we're in a little Instagram group with uh, with Thomas, and we both went. I I said something to the effect of, "Well, they're just gonna make me take back everything that I said last week." Where I'm yep. tired of I'm tired of like the constant overwhelming amount of limited editions. Um, but it. Mostly because this is a unique pattern, right? It's it's horizontally shaped pattern, you know, horizontal rings around the barrel mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, swirls or different finishes or just, you know. I've never seen a finish um, like this on a, on a Pro Gear before. Yeah, I haven't on a Pro Gear before. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. But still, I'm like, the more I thought about it, I was like, I still wouldn't buy this pen. I like, I've... Oh, I know. Like it's an awesome one. Like, but I'm I need my Sailor limited editions now to be the bigger size or be a Riallo. So that's just mm, where I'm at okay. right now. Yep. Like I'm good on this size Sailor limited, no matter what they offer as far as material styles, colors. Like I said, if I can pass on the Tequila Sunrise and wait for the one, I can pass on anything. So it was uh. It was fun to see, though. I didn't, like, Bungbox did the fifth anniversary. I was like, how was this one seven years ago? Was fifth anniversary already two years ago? <laughs> it's like, that's the last one yeah. I bought. So that's crazy, crazy. So I did find an interesting site. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Pilot Vanishing Point, another Bungbox limited edition that I teased yesterday. But I found this site when I was looking for that. Um, it's called Le Pens. And they basically track the Japanese limited editions. And how has no one ever this. sent this to me? I don't need this someone, website. 
certainly our listeners oh are aware God. of this site and no one ever sent it to me, but uh, now it's out there for the world to see. Um, so yeah, <laughs> oh <laughs> you can my find, God, Brad. you can find lots of things. Whoever's There's behind the site does Rialo a pretty good job. on Kingdom Note. Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't need, I should not be on this website. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, I now follow this in my RSS feed, so you'll see me linking it from it more, but how I was not aware of this site before, you know, two days ago is beyond me because it's pretty much perfect. It's like everything I want in a, in a site. Yeah. That Rialo is, is, is crazy. So, so we how can't, do I buy this just, one? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to close. I'm going to close the link now <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we'll I'm, just, we'll just spend time, waste time scrolling through that site. It was, it was pretty good. I'm very happy that I found that. I'm becoming increasingly concerned for what I might do. Uh, in Atlanta, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's well, just like a, a couple of sailor pens out right now that I'm really intrigued at. Uh, all right, let me go. Let me go way off topic here. All right, and I'm not going to tell you to wait until San Francisco, but you should consider the fact that Bung Box might be there. Oh damn, son! Themselves. Well, look, Brad. I'm just all I'm gonna say is, I have no upper limit for sailor pens, right? I like know. you know, I could just, oh, I'm just saying. But know. that is a good it was thing a, to think about. It was a it was a point to consider. That's mm-hmm. all. That's never stopped us before. Yeah, I think what that might mean is I will only buy one of the two that I want. <laughs> right? No, but like, and that's like a good thing to think about. You know what I want, right? Like, I want. I want one of the. Uh, I probably want the the uh, tangerine king of pen. Yep, that was my guess. And the nineteen eleven mosaic. You may they may be out of those by the time they get there. Well, I'm we'll fine see this with weekend. That, I'll talk to them this weekend and see. No, no, no. I'll Don't talk to, talk to anyone. <laughs> right? we just well, I want to know for myself because I feel like that's going to be a blowout pen. I think that's going to be. In and gone. Yeah. So I'll so be interested I. to talk to Brian about uh, what the inventory looks like for that. But at the same time, I'm I'm kind of like, I'll let it go. Yeah. Well, I'll report back on the, the 1911 uh, after the Baltimore show. Thank you. Because that will be at the top of my list to, to view. But, but if purchase. I'm going to buy one of these somewhere that i got to look, because I can get those sweet discounts, Brad. I know. Pen Chalet, Pen Chalet, they have your favorite brands. They have Sailor, they have Caveco. Virtual Road Trip. They have Pelican, Monteverde, Lummi, Pilot, Namiki. They have everything you're going to look for. They're authorized dealers. They have fountain pens and rollerballs and ballpoints and mechanical pencils and so, so much more. Pen Chalet are always adding new styles of pens every single month, and they're doing great discounts all the time. Closeout specials as well. They're really great at doing this. They want to get you the stuff that you want at the best possible prices with very fast and reliable customer service. Pen Chalet ship internationally with great shipping rates, but they do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States. So go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password PENADDICT for this week's special offer and to get the code that you need to save 10% on anything over at Pen Chalet. So what we got, Brad? We have the same Conklin's and Diplomats from last time, which I don't know why they're still there. So I'm going to talk about this because they have one of the best pen storage display cases that I know people have bought and raved about. So their 30 pin display case is 50% off. 
using our code and using this page. And I know people that have bought them and emailed us saying, wow, that's exactly what I needed for storage. Mm -hmm. So like if you're knee deep into the pins like we are, that's where you got to go. Also, the further I scroll down, the more new deals I see. He's got KWZ Inc. at a price that's not normal, <laughs> a price that's been ronned. Um, I guess that's what we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say. I love KWZ Inc. So if you're in the market for some new ink to freshen up all your new fountain pens, you're not gonna find it any cheaper than that because I've never seen it any cheaper than that. And I love KWZ Inc. very very much. And I also love Pen Chalet. Go to P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T dot com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and use the password PenAddict to get your hands on these special deals. Our thanks, as always, go to Pen Chalet for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. So I'm leaving for Baltimore tomorrow. My first pen show of the year. Baltimore. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I'm very hyped for it. Like, I'm setting myself up (laughs) not to be let down. It's like, that's impossible because you know, it'll be my first pin show of the year, but I am super hyped. Like I'm ready to go. What are are you, what are you looking for? What are you excited about? Seeing my friends. Okay. Like that's it. Like just to be in that space with the people, you know, I, there's nothing like I'm not looking for anything. You know, I'm obviously working all weekend. I'm selling for knock, but like that's, I just want to be there. Like I miss being around that environment and, you know, seeing Philadelphia and LA happen and not being at either one of those. I like, I'm antsy, like I'm super antsy and it's like, I don't have any shopping lists, you know, I'll probably buy something like I don't, you know, there's nothing I'm looking for. It's not even remotely about that. It's just, you know being there, hanging out, getting hugs, taking pictures, just uh, that environment is like me. Like mm-hmm. that is super, super me just to like be around, you know, the people that we talk to or we talk about and to, you know, discuss, you know, products, you know, Hey, I can ask Brian about the 1911, you know, he tell me more about the inventory for this pen. You know, I get to do things like that. I get to, you know, do, something different after hours and I get to host a panel, which I'm kind of nervous about. I've never done anything like that before. Can I direct traffic for an hour and make it entertaining for people? You know, I don't know these things, you know, so we'll come watch me flame out, you know, oh, um, 15 minutes, 15 minutes into the show going, eh, that's all I got. Y'all got anything? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I, It's just being there. Yeah. hundred percent. That's it. I just want to be there and be around my friends and hang out and talk pens. That's it. I'm, yeah, I'm jealous of you. It's like I want to go to every pen show just to hang out. That's it. I'm so, very it jealous. Yeah, it's going to be good. So Mike reminded me in the chat room that we're attempting. Uh, Mike will be videoing the panel and we're going to attempt not to me. stream it. So not, not Mike with a Y Mike with Mike Inc. Dependence. Mm-hmm. So he will be there. And uh, Corinne, let me know that he volunteered to do that, which is super cool. So hopefully we'll get to see that. And, um, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to share that online. Cause I think it should be, should be neat. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but you know, I actually do have a pen. I'm hopefully picking up there, which I ordered from, uh, Herbert pens last year, a vanishing point. 
acrylic barrel for the Vanishing Point um, Nibutum, but we'll talk about that if if I get it that weekend. So it'll be cool. I, I don't know. I'm just ready. It's like, I'm ready. Like, I've missed two shows. I want to be there. That's it. Well, I look forward to hearing your report. Yeah, my packing's done. I'm ready to go to the airport. You know, I'm like, I'm just done. I'm like so anxious. Like, I'm just ahead of the game and just want to be there. So let's do this. Let's do this, Baltimore. All right, what else have we got going on? Yeah, so I'm going to change it, change it 180 here, and we're going to talk about some maybe Kickstarters and some definite Kickstarters. One, my friends at CWT, they're up to something with a notebook. And normally, you know, there's lots of notebooks that get introduced, you know, throughout the years. Um, You know, lots of products coming in and out, but you know what my feelings are for. Sayway and Taylor at CWT. Um, I'm good friends with them. I love everything that they make. They're for those who are not aware, they make the pen type B, which is one of my favorite ten- pens ever made. Um, I didn't bring it in here, so I can't make the sound, but um, it's a wonderful pen. So they're making this paper, and pretty much anything they do, I'm interested in it because they do it to the nth degree, right? So I'm going to read you this description of what they're talking about for making this notebook. And they don't have any details other than what they're teasing on Instagram so far. It says, Hanji is a traditional Korean paper made primarily from the inner bark of the mulberry tree and the sunset hibiscus. Its cross-directional fibers and neutral pH give it lasting tensile strength and durability. The paper is soft, strong, environmentally friendly, and non-toxic. So, I don't know what they're selling, but I'm buying. <laughs> That's my faith in them. I don't know if this is going to be good for like every pen. Like they're probably, they probably don't even own a fountain pen. So I don't know if it'd be good to good for fountain pen inks, but I just love their style and aesthetic and their background and all the funky stuff that they make. So I'm in, we'll have to talk to, uh, I'll, I'll have to talk to my friend, Daryl, send him this description, see if he can tell me what this means, because I don't know what it means, but I know CWT are making it, so I'm interested in it. Well, their Instagram stories today uh, include I missed that one. Th- them taking pictures, which are clearly product photos. So I think it's very close to being launched. Yeah, yeah, I'm on their mailing list, so I keep uh, that's where I saw it first, mm-hmm. and then they keep like every day. There's more about it, so they're probably getting close to it. So I do get other email, Mike, and when I get product emails. Or project emails like, hey, we're launching a Kickstarter, or hey, here's my new pen. I take them, you know, with a huge grain of salt. Sometimes, I majority of time, I don't even reply. And I'll look at the information, and then I'll just carry on about my day. This one caught my eye for two reasons, and it's called the 2-2 pen. And I don't think it's the 22 pen, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute why I believe that. So this just this is a Kickstarter project, and this is one of the efforts that we see now that Kickstarters in Japan, so Japanese uh, creators can create projects directly now. Um, that was a change what a year or two ago we discussed mm-hmm. on the show, and I was anxious to see what we would see come from this. And Wancho was one of these projects. Yes, Wancho was one of these projects. That was one of the first ones, mm-hmm. um, I believe. So. I clicked on the, I got this email, really long rambling email. Hey, here's my pen. Thought you might want to take a look at it. Someone mentioned 
you know, someone mentioned that you had a blog and wow, you have a lot of posts. It was just kind of funny how he wrote it. (laughs) It was funny. He made me laugh. So um, I clicked over and my initial thoughts is, wow, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Straight up. Like I pretty much closed the, I closed the page, I think, and then finished reading the email. I said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back and look at this. And I'm really pride myself on like being non-judgmental about products you know mm-hmm. like i try i i can't help myself sometimes it's it's human nature right we're going to judge based on what we personally think about a thing and you know sometimes dismiss what other people think and i try not to do that so i dismiss this immediately when i click the link and for probably obvious reasons when you click the link. It looks like an alien (laughs) spacecraft. (laughs) So I kept reading and I watched the video and I went through this whole thing and it's like, I kind of fell in love with it a little bit. I appreciate what what the creator Mario is trying Mm -hmm. to do with this product. It's effectively Mm -hmm. a holder for two separate refills, whether they be like Gel ink refills or rollable refills. They 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 talk about well, it's zebra D, and cross. It's D one. Okay, it's only D one size, Sorry. but they do fit. They do mm-hmm. fit ballpoint, and there are gel mm-hmm. D one refills and so ballpoint refills. So. It will fit two D one refills, and there's no cap on it or anything. And effectively, what it allows you to do is to be able to use two refills at once, or kind of like at you know you could write with one, flip it over, and write with the other. So you could use blue mm-hmm. and red if you need that. Um, right. But what I really like about this pen is the clip. Clip is genius because yeah. the the pen itself is super thin, and the clip is like it's it it is non obvious. But when you see it and how it works with a notebook, it's like oh, that's very clever. So mm-hmm. I think this is a this is an interesting looking pen. It is not something I would want to own myself, but I right. really appreciate the ingenuity and the clear thought and story that is shown in this project mm-hmm. so this is not a new or novel idea there's been dual not. tip pens mm-hmm. before what caught me was the materials so they're basically making an acrylic pen holder for 2d1 refills mm-hmm. at the same time like the kicker for me is like well there's no cap on it but you know like i have other pens that don't have caps on it for this for if for a non-fountain pen it's kind of okay as long as you watch where you're how you're carrying it like i'm not going to clip it to my pants pocket you know and wear it like that but clipping it to a notebook i don't have a problem with that but i don't know i'm not vouching for this product i don't know anything about this product but it it was one of those things that i get a lot of and sometimes i'm just instantly dismiss things that i think are ridiculous or dumb or stupid and i don't want to be that way like because there's there's products out there for everybody um i do have personal taste and personal opinions and you know people do listen for those things I just found this kind of endearing and interesting and unique enough, even though it's not, you know, groundbreaking. I I don't know. Something grabbed me about this project from basically a cold email, which my inbox is, I, I get a lot of those every week and 90% of them just get archived. Like, okay, yeah, cool. New pen project. Not really moving the needle for me. Archive. Um, 
I don't know what about this one. So <laughs> I'm not vouching for it, but I, I, he asked if he could send me one. So I said, yes. So you will, uh, you will hear more probably about this if, and when I get one to try out, but you probably don't need me to try it out. It just kind of is, it's an, is what it is kind of thing, right? You know, it's a, you know, watch the video, look at the campaign. I don't think you're going to learn much from me other than say, yeah, this is kind of cool. You know, I like the materials. So should be, should be neat. I I look forward to this, but I just wanted to bring it up as an example of, you know, the kind of things like there's all kinds of things happening around this little stationary world of ours and some weird, wonderful, wacky stuff. And I think this is one of them. So um, I real quick, last thing on it. I think it's the 2-2 pin because of the, uh, instead of 22, because they have this whole th- thing about two seconds, um, one second to grab the pin and one second to put the ideas down. So it's two seconds and yeah. <laughs> this, yeah whole, this whole cockamamie thing <laughs> about yeah. the naming of it. I'm like, okay, buddy, <laughs> I'm okay there. So anyway, I thought it was... It's going to be interesting. So I will uh, keep an eye on this. And, uh, you know, if I like what I see, like I do with these prototypes, especially from people I don't know, like if I can get a prototype and I like it, I will back the project separately. I'll usually, and then keep the prototype and give the product I, I back away. I don't like taking, you know, getting like this stuff for for free. Like if I like it, I usually um, back them. So we'll see. We'll see if I get one. Michael. I went back to the beginning mm-hmm. this week. I had an epiphany about the pilot vanishing point that just hit me Sunday after all these years of using a pilot vanishing point. And I think it was the time away from actually using one. It's probably been over a year since I've had one inked up and in my rotation. So... I was just thinking about, you know, oh, I need to get a vanishing point back out. I think I have like five of them, maybe six total vanishing points. And I have some really nice ones that I haven't been using. So I have this orange bung box limited edition Energia edition vanishing point that I bought from our friend Carrie. Um, because they only made a hundred of them when they first made them. And I didn't get one, even though it's kind of like totally on brand for me, right? Orange and silver. <laughs> I'm in. But what I noticed, the minute I inked it up, I popped in a Pilot Blue Black cartridge, and it has an extra fine nib unit. And I put the nib to the paper and said, oh my God, this is different than every fountain pen I own and how I feel when I write with it. And I never realized it before, but being someone who likes micro-tip pens, um, gel ink pens, ballpoint pens, really fine and writes really small. The vanishing point is exceptional for that because you can grip the pen really low. And I didn't realize that was why. So like most of the fountain pens we talked about, every fountain pen we've talked about previously has a grip section above where the nib is. So then you have the area where you grip the pen and then you have a length of nib before you get to the page. So there's a certain distance there that the vanishing point, it, it can have that. You can grip it far back, but I'm a low gripper. And I didn't realize how perfect the vanishing point is for my writing style. 
even though I've loved the pen all along and it was the first expensive pen I bought, you know, that's why I say we're going back because I bought that black matte vanishing point and that was like the pinnacle pen for me, what, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. maybe more than that now. I didn't realize how perfect this was for someone like me who writes really small and really fine and grips the pen really low. It sounds dumb to say this kind of stuff out loud, but I can't stop thinking about how I missed this for all these years about a pen that I already love until I set it aside for a while and then brought it back out and got a completely new appreciation for this pen. It's like, I don't want to not have this pen on me at all times now. Like, I took its pen to the grocery store and I'm sitting there at the deli counter, you know, writing on my little index card and scratching off the things that I need to buy. It's like, I don't know. This was a weird, interesting look for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am I really going to say these things out loud about what we probably all already know? But I think the point is with this pen that I kind of didn't realize what I had and how perfect it was for me. Like we've talked about the vanishing point ad nauseum because it is definitely not a pen for everybody. You do not like it. There is a clip in the grip area that blocks you. A lot of people from having a comfortable writing experience. Like it is not a pen for everybody, but I didn't realize how perfect it was for me. And maybe the real reason why I fell in love with it so much back in the day. So that is just something I wanted to bring up. It was a, for someone who is as knee deep into pens as I am and to have that kind of joy from a product that I thought I'd already solved was kind of a new thing for me. I was like, Oh, that's, I really, really like this pen. And now I want to get a different nib unit <laughs> to try in another vanishing point because I don't have one in the cursive italic stub. Like, um, uh, like I like to write with in my standard fountain pens. So I don't know. It was just one of those interesting me moments that I wanted to share that, you know, sometimes that thing we always are looking for is already there. And uh, I found that in the vanishing point. So that brings me to kind of the, the, the next point and we'll wrap it up on that. I don't need any more vanishing points. Like I haven't bought hmm. one in years, right? They haven't done anything interesting to me in years. I didn't buy the twilight or the crimson sunrise, which were both really neat limited edition ones but i have enough vanishing points i just want to use the ones that i have because like i have this newfound appreciation that i don't know why i didn't realize it earlier maybe i did but something hit me about this setup with this pen and the way i was writing with it i was like this is completely different than what i thought about this pen so that's my that's my spiel that's my ode to the vanishing point um i am going to get a new nib unit for one though get one modified (laughs) i think the great thing about the vanishing point right is that it adds a sense and a different sense of utility to fountain pens that don't exist in other places because it Mm -hmm. comes from the retractable nature of it like it just it just makes it feel different yeah it's so different no one has been able to mimic this despite decades of trying no one has gotten it right like you have the retractable limey dialogue but that's a really wide pen, and when you extend it out, it's a full-length nib. It's not the same writing experience. It may be the same mechanical experience to where you can move the nib in and out, or like I have a Mont Blanc safety pen, you know, where you twist it and the nib comes out. So they, there's retractable style pens, but no one gives you the writing experience that the vanishing point does, in my opinion, because of that tiny nib and 
the variance you can have when gripping it. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's one of those weird things is like, you think you know it all, then all of a sudden something you have um, really kind of changes your opinion on a lot of things. So I, I don't know. It was just a interesting moment I had uh, by myself, Mike alone at my desk. I don't know why you had to make it weird. Why did you have to make it weird? It was perfectly <laughs> fine until now. Why is it weird now? That's what I do, Michael. You know, if I was weird and wanted to share those weird thoughts online, where would I do that? Preferably nowhere, but if you have to, <laughs> you should go start a website with Squarespace. Because Squarespace will make your, help you make your next move no matter what it is. No matter what, what type of website you want to make, Squarespace has all of the tools right there to help you make it. Whether you want to make a blog, a portfolio, an online store, a site for your business, a site for an event, a site for an organization or group that you're a part of. They have beautiful templates, which are all wonderfully customizable, but have great structure to them so they can help you understand what things you're going to need to put on your website and how to do them, and everything is able to just be turned on and turned off of a couple of clicks. Nothing to install with Squarespace, nothing to patch or upgrade. It's an all-in-one platform that will take care of all of the stuff that you don't want to have to worry about. And if you need any help at any time, Squarespace has a 24-7 support right there for you. They're award-winning for that. They may win many awards, and there's a good reason for it. I've been using Squarespace for years, so has Brad. It's just such an easy way to get your content out to the world, no matter what it might be. I've had many Squarespace websites in the past, and I envision many more in my future. You can sign up today for a free trial by going to squarespace.com slash penaddict. When you go here, you don't need to give any credit card information, but you get full access to, to tweak and set up a website. And then when you want to actually make that website public, you just sign up for one of their plans that start at $12 a month. And you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain by using the offer code penaddict to check out. So that's squarespace.com and the code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchased at squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict to get 10% off. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, we got a good batch of Ask TPA. I mean, we always have a a good batch of Ask TPA, but I really like these questions because they're pertinent to some of the things we're talking about and some of the Mm -hmm. pin show stuff. Mm -hmm. So first one from Curtis Davis Esquire. Esquire. Michael. What's the difference between between a Sailor Pro Gear and a Sailor Pro Gear 2? So when did this come out? I'm thinking like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, Sailor Pro Gear 2. And everyone went, no. It's a basic design change. So they've tried to modernize, I guess the theory is modernize the Sailor Pro Gear. The... Biggest two differences are one, the clip is vastly different than the existing. It looks Pro like Gear. a dog's face. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be anchor related. It looks like we'll a go duck. with that. Yeah, it's weird, an oddly shaped clip, and it's a little bit longer. So it's mostly visual differences. The finial's different. You know, the clip's different. The length is slightly different. But they only made it in black and only with gold trim or rhodium plated trim and it just it it did not land i think it just fell flat when they launched it because they're launching it up against a classic brand if and they didn't it ain't change broke, it enough don't fix it i don't understand why they felt the requirement to change the pro gear it's yeah. so strange mm-hmm. so i don't think this pin did what they anticipated it doing um 
So I don't think, like, obviously it's Sailor. You're going to get the good quality name. You're going to get a good built pen. But it just doesn't look right. Like, It'd be great you know, if the Pearl Gear didn't exist. That was the next sentence coming out of my mouth. <laughs> On its own, in a world where the traditional Pro Deer doesn't exist, I'd own one of these, right? But I don't need to own something that doesn't speak to me design-wise as much as the regular Pro Gear. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, you don't hear a lot about it, and it doesn't sound like since we haven't seen like one single limited edition one of those come up, it sounds like they're probably not going to invest their money into marketing it and it'll probably just stay as it is or vanish into the ether you know one of these years so it didn't land it wasn't uh you know it was a swing and a miss i think from sailor so uh everyone has them storm says here's a really basic beginner question when a fountain pen has dried up from non-use or after adding a new cartridge, what's the best way to get the ink flowing again quickly? Just doodle furiously, wet the nib, squeeze the cartridge, something else. So this is a two-part. I have an option five, which is uh-huh. all of the above. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, <laughs> this is a two-part question, really. So we're going to take part one, which is when a fountain pen is dried up from non-use. So that's question number one. We're going to clean the heck out of that pen. That's step one. You have got to clean that pen if it's... Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like so we're going to ungunk you... the nib. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I we're going to clean it. If we want this thing to go correctly, we need to get any dried ink out of there. You know, we're not talking about like a couple weeks. I'm talking like months and Oh, that's not what inactivity. I'm talking about. Cuz I just yeah. feel like sometimes I'll put a pen down, pick it up the next day and it's not ready to go straight away. Like it needs uh, a little yeah. bit of a yeah. Yes. Okay. So if that's the case, then I think just a little scribbling is fine. Yeah. Like that's gonna start the ink right up because mm-hmm. it kind of gets the nib separated from the feed and gets that's that why I was like, what are you moving down that cleaning everything out every single day? What are you doing over there? When I see the words fountain pen and dried yeah, in the okay. same sentence, I think we've done some damage. Sure. Like I okay. think we have a pen that's been sitting. And by sitting not minutes or hours or weeks or months, like a long period of time. But maybe he means, you know, like you said, I'm writing, I set the pin down, I come back an hour later, and I need to crank the pin up again. It's usually just doodling, you know? For me, I know this, this might sound kind of weird. Maybe other people will feel this too. Different pens of mine require a different touch to get them going. So, like, yeah, my King of Pen just requires a bit of a scribble. But my Pilot M90, the best thing for me to do is just slightly wet the nib Mm-hmm. and it's ready to go always um yeah. so like different pens i feel like they would just require a different thing mm-hmm. sometimes i will shake a pen and the reason yeah. i shake a pen i've thought you couldn't do this i saw thomas hall do this once and i figured if thomas does it, I can do it. <laughs> he's come up a lot in this episode hope he listens still i think he does i know i'm just playing with him so yeah i i, I think really uh, all of that, right? So you can do all of yeah. those things. They're all fine to do. Obviously, the uh, the shaking of the pen is the most risky because you might, that thing might go in a place that you're not expecting it to. Right. Um, but I, I do all of these things if, if, from time to time. Yeah, when I pop in a new cartridge, mm-hmm. I will squeeze it if it doesn't write straight away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like this vanishing point cartridge I popped in the other day, I popped it in and it wrote immediately so I didn't have to do anything, but I will squeeze the cartridge, something like that, you know, if it's not flowing right afterwards or, you know, I'll prime the converter a little bit, you know, if I need to push the ink down and just kind of get it going. Like all that stuff's okay. Those are, those are like minor things. 
you know, just, yeah, be careful where you shake it. Carpenter Pans asks, what do you all think about handmade wooden fountain pens? I love them. Like, I have yeah. Ryan Crusack's wooden mm-hmm. pens. You know, I did not look at Carpenter Pens' profile, and I'm wondering if he's also talking about kit pens. So there's handmade wooden pens where you turn the barrels and then you add standard parts to them. I'm not as fond of those because I generally don't like the metal section. The ones that I've seen, the metal section diameters are either too skinny or too cut off at the end for the barrels. So any type of handmade wooden fountain pen or any handmade wooden pen, I'm a huge fan of, but I want options for the front end of that pen. You know, either something custom made like Ryan Crusack didn't used to use custom made ebonite sections. He used to use kit sections and I never bought any of those pens despite thinking they were amazing. So I need the front end of any wooden pen to speak to me and be useful for me. Um, but in general, I love handmade wooden fountain pens and I have several of them. So, yeah, they tend not to do it for me. Uh, mostly for the Mm -hmm. reason you mentioned the grip sections are usually incredibly uninspiring in most instances, um, which I'm not a big fan of, but I'd say that like in general, that style just isn't, just isn't my thing. I don't know why. Yeah, because you can't be as creative with the non-wooden parts of those pens. Mm-hmm. So that's the challenge in selling a handmade wooden fountain pen. No matter how great the wood design and fit and finish is, getting outside of the stock parts that are available and figuring out what's going to differentiate the pen so I can use it and actually enjoy the craftsmanship that went into the wooden parts, that's the tough part. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So, M.A. Wolf says, do you have any plans to review the Leonardo Memento Zero? I got one from Fanta Plumo and really enjoy it. Yes. So, this is at the top of my shopping list. I think the materials and designs of these pens are fantastic. I just haven't had the opportunity to pick one up yet or really like Susan decide reviewed one for the yes. website. Didn't she? Yeah. Yes. Susan's reviewed one. She, I know she enjoyed it. I'm trying to think if she has more than one, but I just, they hit a style and importantly, they hit a price point that I like, like these look very, very good. And I want to try one out for myself. So if I come home with anything from Baltimore, it might be one of these pens. Once I get, hmm. they've, they keep introducing new materials that all look really, really nice. So, I will um I will shop around at Baltimore and maybe come home with one of them. That's definitely towards the top of my list. All right, the next question comes from Evan Max tweets and says, "Have you ever invested a lot of effort into hunting down or importing a pen that was hard to get a hold of only be only to be disappointed by it in the end?" You go first. You've you've done a little bit more than me recently. Mm-hmm. We've probably done about the same overall. But mm-hmm. uh, just uh what do you think? Luckily, no. Um, I've had some that maybe didn't completely live up to my expectations, but none that I was disappointed in. Um, I feel like I've been pretty lucky in this regard because I've been doing this a little bit more recently, but I've been very happy with the deals that I've gotten 
uh, for, for a bunch of pens. Like I had one, like there was like a Sailor Apricot, which like I, I feel like I didn't really fully understand. It's like an Apricot uh, Pro Gear. And like yeah. I feel like maybe I just wasn't 100% sure of what it was going to be. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, like this wasn't what I expected, but it was still a, it's still a great pen that I love. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been lucky, I think, in that I haven't regretted. I haven't had buyer's remorse on any of the stuff that I've gone to great lengths to get. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'm pretty cautious that I'm not just going to go on a whim and just grab something that is a maybe. Like, I'm pretty confident if I'm going to go to those links that I'm going to be really happy with the end result or I'm not going to go there to begin with. I can't think of a specific scenario where I've done this um, and and been truly disappointed with the with the end result. So... I'll have to think about it a little bit more. I'll let you know. I'll let you know this weekend in in Baltimore, Evan. But I don't think there's a particular one. There's nothing that I could come up with, and I think it's just that I'm super cautious about that to begin with. Like I'll only do it if it's really, really right. So, all right. Ozu asks us a great question that I want to take in maybe a slightly different direction than we would okay. normally, which okay. is what three fountain pens should all pen enthusiasts have in their collection? Now, I want to come to an agreement with you on this three, rather than us mm-hmm. picking our own three. Okay. Right? So, yeah. what three fountain pens should all fountain pen enthusiasts have in their collection? So, I think easy one is a Pro Gear, right? Okay. That okay. feels like an easy one. I would maybe go Vanishing Point, mm-hmm. because it's like, whilst I don't use it for various reasons, wonderful pen, fantastic price point you can start at. And you get something truly unique. And then maybe I would go with a Platinum 3776 then. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that covers, the three of them cover a real bro- like broad kind of section of what fountain pens can get you. But mm-hmm. are just the best examples of each. Yeah, so this is an impossible question. And I've racked my brain on this. And... I'm going to take this somewhere that you and maybe the listeners didn't think I would go. And it's only one pen I'm I'm coming up with so far that like if you're really into this hobby and you love fountain pens and it's not just a passing fancy I think you should have a Pelican M800 series pen. Mm. That's a pinnacle piece of craftsmanship for me in the mechanics and in the size, the feel, the nib, that feels kind of like a pinnacle type of pen that if someone's really into this, they should kind of maybe have that one. That just, I don't know, something about that pen feels right as the answer to this question. The first pen I thought of was the Pilot 823. I just feel like that's just such a great pen, great value, um, great filling mechanism. But I also understand that style is not for everyone. Those translucent thing, you know, they only offer three translucent models. We keep waiting for something more out of that. Um, yeah. So it turns out me and you will not be able to come to an agreement on a list. It turns out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Surprise. So, like, but like, I'm not discounting those other pens. They're obviously three great pens. I, that's probably like my two of my three most recommended pens in the pro gear and the 3776 right i mean mm-hmm. lamy 2000 gets lumped in with those all the time but i don't think those are like 
enthusiast requirements. Like that's the words I'm, I'm like getting yeah. stuck on here, Honestly, right? Because I take that as like you should have these. Like the, if you care, you should have these pens, and I think that those three are great examples of that. Like you yeah. really should no, just have I, them. Like I, I don't discount that at all. Like, but I, the way I'm taking this question. I don't know, like, the only thing that I can stick on is, like, the Pelican M8 series. Like, I just feel like that's kind of a perfect pen for the enthusiast part of this question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Maybe I'm overthinking it. But that's a pen that I just think is important for all kinds of reasons that I already stated. I mean, I'm enamored with them. I I think, I mean, I have two of them. Like I'm not some huge Pelican collector, like Pelican's not, not necessarily, necessarily my brand, but just that feels like the answer to that question to me. So. Okay. All right. And our next question comes from Sam K 654. Has platinum ever made an all black 3776? Not that I've seen. I think that would be fantastic. Now there is, I, I I apologize. I didn't prep for this question before because there's a pen I want to talk about that I can't think of the name or have a link for it, but they made one, a limited edition several years ago um, with a tiger pattern on it. And I've seen it at pen shows. It's all black except for a rhodium clip. There's no other, um, there's no other color on the exterior side of it. And it was a very limited quantity, but it was too expensive for me to buy, but I've picked it up many times at a pin show. It just didn't feel worth whatever the price was at the time. Um, that's the closest I've seen in that shape and size. I'll find the name of it. We can, we can, it'd be easy to come up with. We'll put it in the show notes and I'll, I'll tweet it over to Sam, but no, they've never made one. I think, uh, seeing some of their, you know, various limited edition work, I could see them coming up with something that one day, maybe. So yeah, it'd be good. All right, and our last question comes from Jeff Starr Jr. today. Uh, Taking the CFA exam in June, it's a pen and paper exam. I love fountain pens, but I need a ballpoint recommendation for this. No issues with a pen with a larger grip section, uh, if possible. Um, The test is only once a year, so this pen doesn't need to be used every day. Easiest question of the bunch, Michael. Okay. Uniball Jetstream. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want something i know right but it's the answer to the question that's why it comes up all the time right mm-hmm. it is the answer to this question 100 percent of the time without failure that's it okay. <laughs> they have i mean i would say the pilot acrobat, but it's not as wide of a barrel as the jet stream right like these are your basic ball points and why i just i'm completely on the jet stream bandwagon because it just works all the time. It's always the answer to this question. You may not like it. You may not like that. It's the answer, but it's the answer. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm the most confident of any answer I'll ever give uh, in this show to, to that one. I just gave like it's the answer. All right, that wraps it up for today's episode. If you want to find our show notes, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 348, where you can also find links there to our Kickstarter campaign so you can 
can back the project and get all the wonderful rewards that we have available. Thanks to Pen Chalet and Squarespace for their support of this show. You can go to penaddict.com and knock.co for Brad's work and you can find him online. He's uh, penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter, twitch.tv slash penaddict as well. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm imike, I-M-Y-K-E. You should follow me there. Um, you can find this show and many other shows at relay.fm slash shows and there might be something else you could pick up there uh, for your commute or whatever whenever it is that you listen to shows no judging you listen to pen to podcasts especially the pan addict whenever or whatever <laughs> you want i'm totally fine with that you want to listen in the shower you go for it you just you do go it. for it do whatever you want it's one of my most uh podcast listening times of the day same it's great that phones are waterproof now you just <laughs> take it in the shower cubicle with you no problem that's what i do this, whoa 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 shower cubicle we're not yeah, gonna man. end the show yeah, we're not gonna end the show on shower cubicle what's what wrong, wrong with that with you What's wrong with a shower cubicle? All of it. I'm not in an office. That's, that's where the name. Are. But that's what they're called. Uh, not for normal people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love you. That's the name of the like thing that you get in, right? Yeah, when you're in a bathroom and it's like walled off, it's called a shower cubicle. Mm. Just Google okay. the term shower cubicle. I understand. I've re- I've shared many a hotel with. Okay, this may be a this may be an English thing. This this a lot of showers. We have shared a lot of showers, not together, but in the room. Never once uh, has the phrase "I'm going to get in the shower." Right, I can cubicle see what's happening happen. here. Shower stall is the American term, which is way worse. <laughs> stall is a terrible word. Cubicle is a way better word. End of story. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Cubicle. <laughs> it's, it is better than stall. <laughs>